This is Reputable Perspective coming to you live from the Trinidad and Republic of Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean, West Indies. Uh, live on Kingdom Purpose TV and Radio, where we approach the New Testament via the lens of the ancient Hebrew perspective of the scriptures, as well as highlight how Jesus fulfilled the scriptures by reliving the narrative of the biblical characters step by step and all verified by our pragmatic and experimental research process under the Zane Kekutura International Institute of Pneumatology. I'm your host, Zainel Fuego, the Christ Pneumatologist, and co-hosting with me, of course, is the lovely Lady Katura, High Priest of Yahweh Elohim. It's always a pleasure to be here, Zane. It's, I'm always excited when we have this particular segment because we explore some of the topics that are really, really affecting people's lives. And it's awesome to hear the feedback and to hear how it's actually transforming and transitioning people to walk as sons. Speaking of, which, yeah. Yeah, speaking of which, that's actually the topic for today, sonship. We're actually going to dive more into the sonship where we give context, especially for those who are struggling with experiencing supernatural manifestation. Now, if that is you, then this is the place to be right now, right here. So we're going to dive right into it. So have you guys, this is a question that will encourage everyone to question. Have you ever give consideration to why there may be times that you will see sporadic moments of supernatural manifestation happening here and there, but it's not consistent? And for those who have not experienced supernatural manifestation, have you ever given thought to why that is not your daily reality? If we are all sons of God. Yes, I mean, for me... Sorry, go ahead. I mean, for me personally, I didn't grow up experiencing supernatural, right, as a normal. And it actually didn't have that experience of the supernatural manifestations. And for me, the first time I had that encounter was back in 2015, I believe it was, where someone laid hands on me. And that was the first time something supernatural took place. And it had my mind blown. I was like, what? You know, because I was thinking, so I was taught about God through the denominational perspectives and through their um, theology and so on. I couldn't understand. It was like something at that moment made me question, what was I doing all of my life? If this is wow. an, a normal, <laughs> if yeah, this yeah. is the norm, you know, we, we're always using these words these days, the new norm, the new norm. But if this is the norm for the sons of God, why wasn't that my experience? 
I can imagine. I can imagine because a lot of people, in particular, actually come up um, have learned about God through mm-hmm. our modern, our modern day, our modern day Westernized perspectives, where we are really taught a theoretic version of God, yeah. you know, a historic version of Jesus. <laughs> um, I, I've always said, in particular, and today in particular, this 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 topic here today is is an awesome topic to actually touch on because not many not many people are actually aware of the fact that the Jesus that they know is really a historic Jesus, mm-hmm. and and they don't and they have not really encountered or have not really been introduced to the person of Christ Yeshua. Um, wow. Personal Christ Yeshua in them, as well as the personal Christ Yeshua who is now all and in all, just like Elohim is all and in all. And so, right. because of that in particular, um, we, 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 we go through the modern day denominational perspectives that tell us a lot about God, what, what, about what God is like. But I've always attributed that to the fact to, to this, mm-hmm. and, and, and in no form or fashion am I diminishing our modern Christianity in a degrading or demeaning manner. And I don't; it is not my intention to do that in any form or fashion. But definitely, um, it must be taken into consideration. Uh, the version of God that we read about in the Bible, and the version of God that we have actually been been taught about today, is a version that is more leaning on the it's actually a version leaning on the on the historic side of G, of, of of god and and the concept of yeshua and in most cases in a lot of cases i don't want, i don't want i mean it may be accurate to say in most cases but in a lot of cases um, it's the same thing and i've used this to explain it it's the same thing as though somebody let's say um, somebody meets you, um, Ketura. Somebody meets meet Lady Ketura one day, and after the encounter, when Ketura leaves and she and she goes back to her country, that that person in particular sits down there and they write about the account of of the encounter with Ketura, with Lady Ketura, mm-hmm. and. What has taken place in particular is that somebody else, in the context of how we have learned Christianity, as though somebody else took hold of the article that you read or the, the article that that person wrote about Lady Ketura and they took it by their friends. Now, the person, the person who wrote the article is no, more, is no longer around. They could have gone somewhere and somebody found that person's article and they took it back to their friends and their community and everybody actually begins to to gather and to and to talk about Lady Ketura, and they begin to speak about their experiences with Lady Ketura. Um, what the person re- what the, what the, what the person communicated about their experiences with with the experiences with Lady Ketura, and they begin to worship Lady Ketura, and they talk about how Lady Ketura. Lady Ketura's, Lady Ketura's character and her nature and the way she spoke to the writer. But in essence, 
everybody in that gathering has never met Lady Keturah. They're pretty much gathering and speaking about Lady Keturah in a in a in a very historic manner. And I say historic, like the the account took place, and they create an entire meeting and an entire vibe and atmosphere based on the presence of this of, of Lady Keturah and what Lady Keturah told this person who wrote this this document. That is actually the sum total of the God and the Yeshua that we know in our modern day Christian culture. Yeah, so it's you basically you're saying it's recited as a, it's like a story, a history, something that an event that took place without yeah. it actually being articulated in the context for what it is really meant. Definitely, definitely. And with that in particular, what we have is now this because you we haven't actually met the person because in our modern culture we've not really had a formal introduction to elohim to god and to yeshua a lot of people in particular are actually basing their faith off of the historic yeshua and not the actual one-on-one -on -one interface with yeshua you know, it's interesting that you're saying that because this is one of the things that I love about the Institute. Because um, what I have been taught pretty much is to read the Bible through the lens of the same thing that you're, you're articulating, history, right? right? This took place, that took place, and so on. And what I've seen that we do at the Institute is actually read the Bible as though and treat it with the reverence that it is the user's manual for living. So it's not like we're reading about Moses, we're reading about Joseph, we're reading about these guys, Samuel, but actually reading and getting information from it that is specific to who and what we are. Right, right. And how to live and experience life through that. Well, in, in, the, in the gospel accounts in particular, and, and I encourage everyone who's actually joining us on, and this is just me, to, let me just take the opportunity to, to shout out Kingdom Purpose TV and Radio for the awesome platform and to shout out everyone who's actually joining us on kingdom purpose radio right now who's actually tuning in if you would like to actually interface with us one-on-one -on -one as we speak a little bit about why people are not why you may not be experiencing the supernatural lifestyle that you would like to experience that you've read about in the scriptures you can actually join us on our youtube channel and comment on the youtube channel and we will see your comments from where we are um you can go to zki international institute of pneumatology or you can actually find us on facebook at life mindset mentors you can join that that, that community and we would definitely take your take your responses and respond to you there one-on-one -on -one. just want also want to shout out everyone that is actually joining us on the social media platforms such as facebook huge shout out to our holy sister nicole christian that is actually joining us on on facebook and from the from from and, from, and actually joining us across the atlantic in england is actually our holy brother paul hislop blessings and much love holy brother yeah so and we just want to tell everybody if you hear a little noise here and there don't be don't be surprised we are actually in lockdown in trinidad and tobago yeah right right yes. right now right now we are in strict quarantine here in trinidad and tobago again so you know everybody's at home so if you hear some background noise kindly bear with the production right yeah <laughs> so um 
So because of this and because of this in particular, we really we really actually found we have found ourselves in our modern day Christian culture in an in a in an in a in a in a zone that actually does not Im- does not give us the the power that we need to actually see what we read about in the scriptures because we are taught the storybook version of god the the the, the literature version of god and the literature version of jesus and just like those people in the analogy that i just drew there we are taught to actually sit down and talk about this person and what they did and mark and 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 and, and max and, um i shouldn't say magnify what they did and the things that they said without actually one-on-one coming into direct contact and direct interface with this person and so one of the things that we have actually encountered at, at the institute when we actually were doing our research and over 30,000 hours of log research concerning the scriptures to actually t- when, when, we, when we were taking the experimental research of the scriptures what we realized is that what is commonly known is not what the scriptures were actually speaking about right the reason why now and just last night in particular i was actually on one of these social one of the social media apps called clubhouse and i entered a room in particular and the big discussion in the room was the difference between religion and science and there was someone in particular well a few members in particular that actually communicated in this in this particular room that it is impossible to prove so in this room by the way just to give you some context here there were theists in the group and there were atheists in the group so you can imagine how, how that discussion going right i know right <laughs> <laughs> so i so i i am actually in the audience i'm in the audience there in clubhouse and i am actually listening to what's going on and how the atheists in particular presenting the arguments and the theists pre- presenting the arguments now to be honest i was very much tempted to come in and actually begin to bring some context to the misguided arguments concerning the scriptures and the westernized arguments concerning the scriptures that has nothing to do with the thought heritage of the actual literature I was tempted many times when I sat down, I, I sat down there and I was just listening to what's going on. And the big argument, the, the argument in particular, the big argument was actually that the scriptures in particular is not actually real. Right now, speaking about people who believe in God and people who who identify themselves as agnostics as well as atheists in this community, and they, their whole, they, they, the whole back and forth was about how. How can you prove that the, the scripture is real and Jesus really existed? And they actually sit down there and, and they're going through the, the historic process of proving whether this, if the historic process in particular can prove it or a scientific process can prove it. And I and came to the conclusion that neither of the two can prove it. And so we will never know if this is actually true, if Jesus is really real. And all of this. Now, this is amongst theists and atheists, eh? and the theists and the atheists mm-hmm. pretty much bouncing off the same the same conclusions because it's a room of intellectuals, or at least I would like to assume it's a room of intellectuals. 
and their studies in these different areas and people who actually have their, their masters in divinity and all of these things and when i heard it in particular one of the reasons why i actually sat in the room and listened because one of the things I, I make it a point to do is to try to identify where the body of Christ is right now and where the world is right now with regards to God. Because we, you and I both know, based on the research that we have at the Institute and the findings of the Institute, and having master mentors and people that we train that is actually mechanically walking in supernatural power and that supernatural dynamics intentionally, that will freak them out. Yeah because they have convinced themselves via historical arguments or, 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 the, or, or the intellectual analytical process of whether it is it can be historically proven and what is what is necessary for it to be historically proven and can it be scientifically proven on what is necessary for it to be scientifically proven and one of the things that i actually realized in particular is that both arguments are totally contradictory to the actual um, to, 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 to the actual attest, attestations of the of the apostles of the of of the New Testament, and yeah. here's here's why. Most of the scriptures, in particular, that we're reading here, um, when it, when the scriptures were actually written by Moses, there was simultaneously and as a parallel the written the written scriptures and then the yeah the written Torah. and and actually and the and, and the actual oral torah right so the written torah in particular is most of it in particular well a lot of it in particular is what we have in our bibles today which is what we when i say the torah uh saying torah what i actually want to say is the tanakh <laughs> right but it's, we had the written torah and the oral torah and then the torah is actually the nation following that and they are the prophets and the sacred writings and so on so we have now what what you call is called the tanakh which is the, the torah and the nevim and the ketuvim in the ancient in the ancient hebrew culture of the scriptures and so a lot of things in particular um in the culture of the people were passed on through oral traditions now it's not necessary for me to go into where oral traditions were corrupted as israel stepped into different forms different cap um, captivity due to different nations but not many people actually communicate the fact that when jesus lived and died and resurrected and ascended for decades after there was no written account as to what took place most of the things that is known as actually were written and when they were written were written from the oral traditions that were passed down from the disciples of jesus onto those Onto those who actually wrote about it, and in the culture of that, and, and in the in the spirit of that culture, they do not expect you, in any form or fashion. No apostle is expecting you to actually come to the conclusion that Jesus is real, and that he really lived via a, a historical process of analysis. Okay. Neither neither are they expecting you to come to the conclusion via a, a scientific process of analysis do you know what they actually use in the scriptures and, and you see it in paul's writings do you know what 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 is the undertone of these guys communication for you to prove whether it is true or not manifesting supernatural 
you test you, you what you do is actually you test exactly that you test the authenticity of the narrative and the history by uh, by the actual presence of signs and miracles which is why paul says that he taught the full gospel in signs and miracles not only in speech but in power because the power in particular is what is really important because the power comes from the breath which is what which is why the gospel is called the gospel of god or the gospel of elohim and god and jesus did okay. say that, that god is spirit which is elohim is breath breath and therefore the power in particular that comes from the breath gives a, gives proof of authenticity there's your burden of proof to actually authenticate that if the signs and wonders are real and walking in power is real supernatural power is real then those that actually walk those, those narratives in the scriptures of those who walked in power then it validates it immediately right right Does so you're, you're yeah it makes sense so you're pretty much stating identifying here that the old testament not the old testament sorry the, the disciples right. they actually what was the culture based on the same gospel that has been preached now was that it must be affirmed to be true or verified to be true by an actual demonstration of something it what we were called now and which is what is we hear in the church arenas the word manifest to pretty much right. demonstrate the proof of this and so you're identifying that that is not um that is something that was like a norm in that in that time and that age what 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 what, what was not a norm what it was a norm that's what i'm trying to say yeah it, it it not only was it a norm it was the test of authenticity it was the test it was the it, it was the method in which you prove that yeshua is real and he lives inside of you right now that he, that he has in fact renewed humanity with the breath of life and so when you actually present yourself and you speak about it and you demonstrate the power from your breath mm -hmm. the, the power of yeshua the power of yahweh elohim from your breath it was the burden of proof that you carried to show that the gospel is real and that jesus is real and he did die and he did resurrect wow i love this you know because what, what comes to my mind is that one of the things that we have probably gotten accustomed to in the westernized world is a lot of talk doctrine a lot of talk about god yeah doctrine inspirational speeches motivational speeches and the historicity of yeshua exactly. in, instead of actually walking out the person of yeshua personally exactly and this is you know this actually if we look at it for what it is in the absence of demonstrating or proving the authenticity of it what are we really doing i mean this is a good question to ask because what are you really doing talking about something and not actually demonstrating it puts right. especially when you're trying to reach out to atheists on people who actually fall on science as their evidence right. if there's no proof you're basically saying trust in my words without having any anything tangible to hold on to the the the, the tangibility that you just mentioned there i mean in our modern day culture we, we pay no attention to this because we are busy trying to interpret our scriptures outside of the breath 
and the spirit of the scriptures. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you if you are actually not walking in the breath and the nature of the breath, which is the spirit, then if you do not understand the dynamics of the breath and the dynamics of the spirit, you are reading the book and you do not have a reference point for its interpretation. Right, right. And if you have no reference point for its interpretation, then you can now fall into the category of grabbing any particular reference point to interpret the scriptures. And that is what we have done in three th- more than 3,000 denominations of the Westernized Christian community. Yes, wow, that is so that, true. That, that's literally more than 3,000 different reference points of trying to interpret that scriptures. And this is in particular what, what came to light in the research at the Institute over 30,000 hours to come back to the thought heritage of the scriptures and when we identified what the scriptures were really about and understood that there was there is a very a, 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 a division of a lineage of thought in the scriptures the, the heritage of the, the the heritage of the of the the heritage of thought that is based on the dynamics of breath and an identification of her, of a heritage of thought that is based on the dynamics of dust when we identify the breath, there is where we're able to actually understand the scriptures in its true context, in its ancient Hebrew perspective, and, and intentionally and mechanically manifest power. Right, right. So, so Zain, mm-hmm. uh-huh. well, one of the, one of the, sorry, one of the manifestations that actually stands out to me in particular is healing. Um, yeah. I'm stating that because I lived pretty much a, a good, uh, I'd say at least 20 something years of my life, not experiencing life. When I say life, I'm talking about health and strength, the way that it's taught that we are supposed to experience. Right. And that, that in particular stands out because there's so much, there's so many people around the world who were in the same position that you and I and many of the others uh, of the master mentors were in not experiencing the manifestation of the spirit as true and real as tangible in their life and hearing hearing about god hearing about jesus hearing about you know trusting in the spirit and trusting in god but not understanding how to to mechanically function in it so that they can experience it and then go do the same go reproduce exactly what jesus said to do do you know that in the and i'm saying this to your point but do you know that if you actually do some research into the into the first century believers, there is a story that I actually read in a particular book. I can't remember the exact name of the book. Actually, I I, I think I remember the name, name of the book, but I don't want to misquote the name. Do you know that in actually in the first century believers, there are accounts of believers in that particular time frame because of the extent of the persecution that they that 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 they lived around the persecution against believers do you know that there are actually accounts of believers that in an in, in an attempt and pay attention to what i'm saying here and after i say this that we, we we go for a short break and come back do you know that the extent with the extent of that persecution for everyone listening to this and will be listening to this this is actually how normal it was at, at that particular time to test the authenticity of your belief. And if you were really a believer, because of the extent of the extent of the persecution, 
they, they the believers back then never knew when someone would actually come around the believers who and who and who was not a believer in an attempt to identify where they were so that they could come and kill them and in that time do you know what they use to be able to identify whether you are a believer or not what's that according to the accounts one of the things that they will do is actually stand up in any marketplace and they would draw like a little a fish the symbol of a fish in the dirt mm-hmm. and anybody who is a believer because that symbol was used amongst the believers anybody who actually was a believer and saw the fish would know that this person is a believer and when they met you they didn't actually accept you as a believer because you saw the fish or because you say that you believe in jesus or you're quoting or or, or you can actually quote some things of the traditions what they would do is actually from there they would carry you amongst the sick you were supposed to lay hands and if you laid hands on that person and that person didn't recover they would lose you in the crowd because they, they it was a norm and they understood that it was natural and normal that once you believed in Jesus once you came into the knowledge of Christ and you understand and, and the traditions the, the knowledge or the the, the um, knowledge of Christ that were passed on in the traditions got to you mm-hmm. that any believer would lay hands on the sick and they sh- and they will recover it was a norm it was natural it was expected and wow. if you if, and if they carried you by the sick and the sick person did not recover they would actually lose you because they would acknowledge well that is not a believer he is a he is actually a spy wow no i wanted to pay attention i wanted to give thoughts to to mm-hmm. that culture of walking in christ to what we have been taught and made no and made a norm which is merely the historicity the historical version of jesus the historical version of yahweh elohim of god um, in the old testament and not coming into direct contact with knowing this knowing this being and walking and walking and walking in the name of this being does that make sense yeah that does wow that's good that's actually pretty good for us to ruminate on whilst we actually pause for this break makes a lot of sense this is reboot your biblical perspective talk show on kingdom purpose tv and radio where we approach the new testament via the lens of the ancient hebrew perspective of the scriptures verified by our pragmatic and experimental research on the same kekitura international institute of nematology Be sure to follow this talk show as well as many other dynamic talk shows on Kingdom Purpose TV and radio at www.kingdompurposetv.com forward slash kingdom dash purpose dash radio. You can also find content by Zane and Keturah on YouTube, ZKI, International Institute of Pneumatology. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell or follow us and subscribe at www.internationalinstituteofneumatology.com You can also find their books on Amazon.com. Search for author R.C. Pierre 
and check out The Alchemy of the Sons of God and You Are Elohim, among others. All right, and we are back from the break. So then before we went on the break, you actually shared with us something pretty interesting. Um, I don't think I actually knew what you shared. I may have heard it, but, you know, hearing this, hearing it here again, if I did hear it before, actually resonated that it is at back then how they operated. What stands out to me is that how they operated concerning the gospel, how this was treated is in a completely different realm of reverence to what it is now. Where Definitely. They're actually talking about they're healing the sick, you know, and proving it to be authentic, to be true, to be real. I mean, that stands out. And I think of, wow, what would the world be like if if the sons of God were to awaken into that as their new reality? This fear, this dread, this anxiety that even sons of God are experiencing because of things like sickness, because of the COVID, because of every other sickness and disease, cancer, AIDS, whatever it is out there. All of that would be taken care of by the sons of God if they would just take up, come into the understanding of who and what they are and take up the name of Christ as their own. That is so powerful. Yeah. In, in, in simple terms also, you actually were not, you actually were not, um, you actually were not, if we look at it from a different angle, you actually were not um, given the privilege of calling yourself a believer if you couldn't actually prove it. <laughs> wow, look at that. <laughs> right? So one of the things in particular that I want to actually talk about here before we go is in particular is what in all of this that we're speaking about, what, what did they know that we don't today? I mean, come on, right? <laughs> right. What, what did they know that we didn't know today? And one of the foundational concepts that we have seen that has actually come to life in our research is something very, very instrumental that the believers out of the Jewish thought heritage, the Jewish heritage and, 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 and the traditions of the Jewish community back then the believers through jesus and, and his apostles there's something in particular foundational concept that that they knew that that we are not taught here within the westernized community the westernized okay. christian community and that is do you know that in the genesis in the garden narrative that personal identification like your name is Kutura, my name is Zane. The next person's name is Harry. The next next one name is Mary. The next one name is Kate. The next one name is Chantel. The next one name is Um Kyle. Do you know that personal identification in the garden narrative like that, where everybody has a particular name and they identify themselves by the name, came when man found themselves outside of the Garden of Eden? You're saying basically 
outside of the Garden of Eden is where personal identification by these names came in. Prior to that, prior, there wasn't. Prior to man actually finding himself outside of the Garden, there was no personal identification. And now, here's what's the significance? Why. Yeah. It's, it's extremely significant because because of this in particular, most people in particular are not will, are striving to walk in power but cannot walk in power because power in particular is not something that you acquire, you master. Power is a mm-hmm. person. So, okay. so watch this. When in, in the garden narrative, not, through Jesus' lens as a rabbi, he was very familiar with the ancient Hebrews interpretation and lens of the scriptures and in the garden in particular the breath in the ancient hebrew culture the breath in particular the breath of god or the breath that is breathed is very intimately attributed with the name of the being that possesses that breath which means most of us don't even know that in Genesis chapter 2, and I'll try to make this as brief as possible. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it actually says that God took, that God breathed breath into the dust. And I'll just and I'll just pull it up just to be just 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 to quote it up with some accuracy. Because, because of because of the lack of comprehension in this area here. Most people are struggling and they're struggling with something that the believers back then didn't struggle with because of the comprehension of it. Now, in Genesis, verse 7, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Then Yahweh Elohim, the Lord God, formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being, an, an individual completing body and spirit. It's from the Amplified Bible, of course. If you read this from the King James Version, Let's pull the King James Vision. This is what it says. And Yahweh Elohim formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Now we read that and because man is actually translation of, of Adam, because he would Adam there is what it is. We have been taught in our modernized theological perspective that the man was actually called Adam in the garden. What is not taught is that Adam is actually a name that came from the dust of the ground and the ground in the Hebrew is actually called Adama which okay. means which means the word Adam is actually a title that is attributed or has has actually derived from where the dust came from which is the Adama so when you say it's a title, you're saying like lion is a title. Just as we just as we use the word body to refer to our physicality, uh-huh. the, the word Adam is used is being used here in the same capacity. And it's using the word Adam because it is taking on the title of where the dust came from, which was the ground, the Adama. All right. In the ancient Hebrew perspective of this, the name of the being actually came from the breath of the the breath that was breathing to it and the issue of the breath the name of the issue of the breath is carried along with the breath because the breath being breathed from the issue is part of the issue or a multiplication of the issue which means in the narrative god identifies as yahweh elohim and therefore the breath being breathed into the into the dust is yahweh elohim in flesh 
Scorpio. Which is what which is what John mentions in in his in his in the first chapter in John chapter one, where he says the word made flesh. Right? The breath made flesh. Now in the garden, they both were actually called referred to by the title, or the body in particular was referred to by that title. But in the culture and the thought heritage of the scriptures, a Hebrew reading that knows that the person is not named Adam, their name is Yahweh Elohim. The, when they made a decision in particular by eating from this tree and they were invalidated from living from the breath, naturally, as I mentioned in previous, in previous segments, the, the man began, he, he is no longer identifying himself with the breath and he began to identify himself with the dust. The, with dust, the, 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 the dust is what was actually identified as Adam because it came from the Adama. Okay. So when you read in, in chapter 3 is when he's actually being put outside of the garden is where the, the title Adam is taken on. Why? Because outside of the garden is where he identifies himself with dust, which is why God comes and he, he speaks to him and he tells him, dust you are and to dust you shall return. There's outside of the garden also, he names his wife Eve. Prior to that, they had no personal identification. You're getting to something here, you know. <laughs> We go into it. We go into it. You get into something deep. I can feel it. <laughs> Pace yourself. Pace yourself. <laughs> in now, in in this in particular, personal identification therefore came through the knowledge of good and evil, which is where one identifies themselves with the dust. Prior to the personal identification with the dust, names in the Bible, as you see with regards to, um to the biblical culture names in the bible were never meant for personal identification names were actually titles that were attributed to yahoo yahweh elohim in this particular body and the name would really express how yahweh elohim would reveal himself in the garden through this particular physicality mm-hmm. but that but that is not understood in our modernized in our modernized christian community so because that is not understood we take on names as personal identification and therefore we then look for external factors or we look for we pursue our validation externally to be able to construct an identity or to gain a sense of identity that's where using your nationality your ethnicity um, your social status, yes, your, yeah. your academic accomplishments, your job, all of these your, things come in. Your financial status, your possessions, all of these things. Marital status, etc. Right. Et now, the reason why this is significant is because prior to prior to coming outside of the garden, the man was actually identified by the title of his breath, just like a lion is identified by the title of his breath. You might name the lion Mary, and the next lion Harry, and the next lion gene but even though you give it different names it's it's identifies as a lion it does not identify as harry gene and all of that it identifies itself as a lion and it functions from the the nature of its breath as a lion okay in the same way man was actually created to function from the breath as yahweh elohim and then he when he identified himself with the dust he took on the title of the dust as a personal name named his wife eve and therefore, the culture of personal identification continued. The, the disciples of Jesus and the traditions back then, through the knowledge of this, knew that 
for them to come back to walk into in power they had to come back to the title of their breath and not their personal identification which is why they would walk in the name of jesus because the breath breathed into dust again through mary took on the title of yeshua and everybody would actually walk in the name of yeshua and in the, and, G, and jesus walked in the name of his father in more than more than one instance in the new testament there's indication that jesus actually walks in the name of yahweh which is walking according to the original identity so he know you're identifying yourself with yeshua you're identifying yourself with yahweh automatically and so the name yahweh means to be self-existent which means they're, they're coming back to the breath so to the believers in the new testament when they're actually walking in power they're not walking as harry or peter or paul or james or john they are walking as yeshua himself because you know they're coming I'm... back to the title of the breath and well, before you say anything i just want to actually just bring that in, into its culmination there by saying it is actually by on this note that paul says that there is no there's no difference between people there's no male nor female all are one in christ yeshua meaning all are one species christ yeshua and if you want to walk in power you have to abandon your 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 you have to abandon your your trust in your personal identity and come back to the identity of the breath your breath has a name that is dead that that is that that, that is designated to it already and once you come back to the title of the breath and function according to the function and the nature of the title of that breath you are now walking as the person of power who is yahweh elohim does that make sense it does i think it does what you're actually stating is and you know i get what i can a perfect example i think and uh, correct me if i'm wrong here is you know when you join the military you lose your personal identification and now you are actually doing everything in the name of whichever country that you pledge allegiance to right technically it's the same thing except we are a species of we are all made a species of the breath of yahweh elohim right and so losing the personal identity is simply giving up all the things that we have thought um all the things that we have taught that we need to identify with to have a sense of identity i mean we, we were taught you need to use your academics get married for some woman and they get a sense of identity for that from that um for those who actually use their race skin color hair whatever it is all these different things you're identifying are external points of comparison right and, and all of this go ahead mm -hmm. and you can't walk in power like the guys like what you the example that you give in the new testament if you're actually holding on to these things for your identity right so in essence what i'm also saying in a different way just to take what you're saying there and and give a different version of it sure you everybody here was actually created breath into dust mm -hmm. therefore despite the greeks perspective where you are body soul and spirit you are three in one you are actually two in one breath and dust your breath has a name and you have lived all of your life billing building an identity through the, the title or the name that you give to your dust coming back to those of jesus's of that thought heritage they knew that they what what they basically had to do was to abandon walking through the the name that they gave to their dust and come back to the actual 
objective name of their breath and learn what and learn how to live from the breath in an abandonment of the identity that they built on the dust okay so, i got you so, th so think of, your, of each person as two elements put together breath and dust and i'm using it with elements here loosely the breath of god which is the breath and the dust you have lived all of your life through identification with the dust what they understood that we are not taught here nowhere in our westernized culture is this taught that you are actually literally abandoning the identity of your dust and coming back to the identity of your breath and walking according to the name of your breath which is yeshua yahweh elohim and living self-existently from the breath and now your name is no longer an identity but your name serves as an expression of how god reveals himself in the garden or in the new jerusalem or earth to all to all creation does that make sense yeah it does i mean for those who are hearing this for the first time you may be sounding maybe a little bit confused because it goes against what we have been taught <laughs> about you know the separation that you just mentioned body soul and spirit and all of that but and there's so much that we can put together in one hour but if you would like to get more context we would encourage you to come across to facebook life mindset mentors or even consider becoming a patreon where this information is unpacked step by step for you to actually walk and manifest the supernatural manifest healing prophecy all the gifts of the spirits and most even definitely. more most definitely fine i, I just want to actually build upon what what Katura said they were added if you really want answers to these questions that that you may have based on what i just explained find us on facebook at life mindset mentors come and ask those questions or become a patron on our patron community exactly yeah, yeah. so I, I am just like to say i'm living proof of this <laughs> having suffered most of my life with different ailments back back pains and a lot of different things at different phases my first right. was one of the um a student of zane at the time and after that i myself started to join in on the study and so uh, exactly what we're talking about here and this, is actually not, and this is actually not done with us we have actually proven this by hundreds of experiments with over thirty thousand hours of experimental research we have a, a team of master mentors that are actually putting into practice and and those in the and the patreon community also who are actually learning it are actually also intentionally and mechanically experiencing power and bringing it this is actually Indeed. in our in our westernized community what we have done is actually speak about the historical aspect of jesus and you continue to live as Jane and Harry and, 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 and Mary. And you talk about Jesus. And when time for power, you can't access it. And you're putting yourself through a lot of different unnecessary labors to get there. Fasting and praying and you're paying your tithes and all of these things. That has nothing to do with living from the breath. With living from the spirit. From the Holy Spirit, which is your holy breath. Choose the identity. Choose the identity. Right, some actually our holy brother Paul himself actually identified that he said that always been he's always been taught as most of us that soul is mind and emotions. That is a very Greco-Roman perspective that has actually infiltrated our, our Westernized Christian culture. But in the scriptures, everything flows from the breath, 
and the, the breath in particular, the different functions of the breath is what they identify as heart, mind, soul, and so on and so on. Right? But yeah. this is actually now our time. So this is Rebuto Lekal Perspective. Yeah, this is Rebuto Lekal Perspective live talk show on Kingdom Purpose TV and Radio. Find us on Facebook at Live Mindset Mentors on YouTube at ZKI International Institute of Pneumatology. Or subscribe to our website, www.internationalinstituteofpneumatology.com and get a f- access to a free masterclass on faith. You just subscribe and, and we gift you that. It's free. Just subscribe. All you have to do is to write an email address. Type in the email address and subscribe to the Institute and you get this free masterclass. All right. So this is us signing out from Kingdom Purpose TV and Radio. Blessings and much love and huge shout out to Kingdom Purpose TV and Radio. Boom. And photo. I just want to take the, the, the opportunity also, Ekatura, to mm-hmm. shout out those who actually join us on Facebook. Our holy brother, Paul Hislop. Blessings and much love, precious brother. It was awesome to actually see you on the comment section here. Indeed. We, I, I, I missed your presence for a while. So awesome seeing you. And I hope I trust that all is well. He actually mentioned here in the comment section that he's actually seeing more consistent manifestation. And I'm really, I'm really glad to hear that. He said this teaching of sonship as priesthood is beginning to impact as I put into practice, seeing way more consistently as I lay hands on people also. Authority and power. That is what we're talking about. Work it out. That is the only way, that's the only way we work here. Authoritative power. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So um our holy sister Patty Sutton, inspirational master mentor of the Institute. Blessings and much love, Holy Sister. Nicole Christian, I think that's the only names that I'm seeing that has actually joined us on Facebook. Okay. Right, and for those of you who actually joined us and didn't actually comment, hey, we thank you for taking the time to actually join us. And we really look forward to seeing and hearing more from you. If you are listening to this and you're not part of our Life Mindset Mentors group, please feel free to post um, to, 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 to join our Life Mindset Mentors community. And of course, um, I forget what I was going to say there. Yes. Give us a shout out. Give <laughs> us a shout out. Some, somewhere in particular, I was going to tell them you know, to, 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 to join us on Life Mindset Mentors community. Find us on Life Mindset Mentors. And feel free to share this, this episode on, 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 on your social media platforms. Let's get the word out there that it's all about the name it's all about the name high priests according to the order melchizedek we all are and it's all about the name blessings and much love yeah and um also we i think is worthy of mention that we are about at the beginning of june about to start a group mass a group coaching program on the basics of priesthood where we would educate you on the basics of the name and, and actually how to reorientate 
your life and your perspective through your life and perspective through the through the priesthood and get you exercising the nine gifts of the spirit and actually passing on the information so that you can multiply it because this is for those two who are interested in becoming mentors as well training others those who desire to walk on the priesthood literally in your life right this so is exciting we we actually not only training you as Katura said but we're giving you all the materials and the content to become professional coaches certified under the international institute of pneumatology all right so find us find us on facebook like mindset mentors and give us a shout out we would love we love to hear from you all right so on that note signing out blessings and much love to our holy sister patty also joining us on youtube she went across on youtube and was actually commenting there that's awesome thank you for your for your support on youtube there holy sister to see whoever posted there love it blessings and much love to each and every one of you and um we look forward to hearing from you boom